I've been on the department 17 years, and that was the first time that I had been involved in a large-scale disturbance like that. Delmar Williams is a sergeant with the Milwaukee Police Department. The disturbance he's talking about are the protests that were held in Milwaukee in August of 2016 after a man was fatally shot by a police officer. Some of the protesters turned violent. They're on one side of our riot line throwing rocks the size of boulders at the police. So it was a scary situation. And at times America makes me very upset, but I ain't gave up on it yet. And low key, my own people make me very upset, but still ain't gave up on them yet. And at times my own city make me very upset, but still ain't gave up on it yet. Delmar Williams is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. You're going to hear Delmar talk about the importance of compassion in his work. Billy Graham's also going to talk about that. Now, the gospel of Christ has no meaning unless it is applied to our fellow man who hurts and is in need. We can tell you more about the gospel of Christ and how it can radically change your life and the lives of those who are hurting and in need. Just visit us at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. The place where those riots took place, I don't live a mile away from. So this is my community. This is my neighborhood that's going up in flames. This is my neighborhood uh, that people are protesting in. Not only does Delmar Williams live in Milwaukee now, he's lived there his whole life. He grew up the son of a preacher. There was a lot of things that I wanted to do as a child, but because uh, Scripture said that we could not and would not do it, my father definitely enforced those things. That left young Delmar feeling restricted at times, like he couldn't have the same kind of fun his friends were having. But now, as an adult, when I look back and reflect on that, I think that was the greatest thing my father could have done. A lot of the friends that I wanted to run the streets with are either dead or in prison right now. So he saved me without understanding that, you know, he was saving me. I didn't understand, you know, what his goal was then, but I definitely understand it now. His father's love of God and personal relationship with Jesus Christ had a profound impact on Delmar from a very young age. I can remember as a small child, probably about six or seven years old, laying in my bed asking God for that type of relationship. Obviously, at six, you really don't understand what it is that you're asking for. But I know at that age, as a small child, I had a desire to know who God was. And that's been my desire my entire life. That didn't keep him from taking a slight detour when he was a teenager, though. I kind of broke loose from some of the things that my father taught me, you know, when when I got of age where I could start to make some decisions myself. And, you know, I kind of ran the streets a little bit, never got into a lot of trouble, but got into enough. And I think the thing that really made me want to become an officer is I didn't understand the police. I didn't understand their methods of policing. I didn't understand what it is that they did and why they did it. It went beyond not understanding the police. There was a period of time where Delmar straight up just didn't like the police. I was always that person that fit the description of somebody who did something. And that turned me off when it came to the police. It was a friend of Delmar's, a friend who happened to be a police officer, who helped him better understand the police. He even suggested that Delmar consider becoming an officer himself. He sat down and he really broke down policing. He, he broke down the concept of policing, the components of policing. And 
I took that as an opportunity. I took that as an opportunity. I took the test. And I think my promise, I know my promise to God was if I did become a police officer, if he allowed me to become a police officer, that I had to do it from a, a different position. I police from a position of compassion. We have to be compassionate when we do policing. That's something that Delmar says comes easily to him because he remembers when he was making bad decisions. So when I see people in the position that I was once in, I have a bit more compassion for them. I know that people don't have a desire to be strong out on drugs. I know people don't have a desire to be in the streets, to have to rob, kill, and steal. So you can look at that from a point of compassion. Understanding that you still have a job to do, there's still some things you have to do. You got to take some people to jail. Some people are going to meet God through a prison ministry. However, most people uh, want to do better. They just don't know how. And I think when you approach it from a position of compassion, you can give those resources while doing your job as well. Sergeant Williams remembers one call in particular where a compassionate response made all the difference. The problem was a big family fight. I get to the house and I'm having a conversation with the father and he's like, listen, you know, I'm at my wit's end. The kids are going crazy. I'm not letting them back in the house until we get this figured out. We all walk up into the house and I realize that there's no crime that's been committed. So at this point, Officer Williams realizes that this family could benefit from some biblical guidance. Police department regulations place some limits on how officers can talk about faith, but the regs do allow officers to share their personal beliefs. For me, that's the work of a Christian. That's the work of a believer to share and spread that gospel. So I had the conversation realizing it wasn't a a criminal matter with the family, and I talked to them about the structure of a family, you know, what the scripture says about the husband, how they treat the wives and the wives, how they honor the husband, and how the, the parents aren't to provoke the children to wrath, and how the children are to honor their parents. And it was an amazing experience. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes you got to go outside, think outside of the box. And I think what shocked them the most is when I asked to pray with them. After they prayed together, the father let Officer Williams know he appreciated how he handled the situation. And I just thank God that I had the wisdom and the ability to go into that home and make the determination that it was not something that we needed to deal with from a criminal aspect. And then have that compassion, that true heart felt compassion to supply a need. That was one of many different types of situations that Sergeant Williams has dealt with during his 18 years on the force, but none of those situations compared to what he faced in the summer of 2016. It began on August 13th, when a young black man was fatally shot by a Milwaukee police officer. Within just a few hours, protests had begun. Those protests soon turned violent. We had three shootings, three homicides, in that very area, probably within a 48 to 72 hour time span, all right? So that community was already agitated. So when the shooting, the police officer shooting occurred, that I believe was a spark that that the master sparked the flame. We had probably a good 24 hours of real protest 
where they burned a few buildings, they they took us to task. I got to tell you, you know, they're on one side of our riot line. I mean, they're throwing rocks the size of boulders at the police. So it, it was a it was a scary situation. Just uh, the entire breakdown of that thing. You know, I, I was I've been on the department 17 years and that was the first time that I had been involved in a large scale disturbance like that. When the riots began, Sergeant Williams was away from work on medical leave. He returned to work on the third and final day of the unrest, and he served on the front line of the riots. So the first two days, I actually had an opportunity to witness it from the perspective of a citizen. And I think the reason why that was really important is the place where those riots took place, I don't live a mile away from. So this is my community. This is my neighborhood that's going up in flames. This is my neighborhood that people are protesting in. So I, as a citizen, had an opportunity to deal with it or or take it in from that point of view. And the best thing for me to do as a believer is begin to pray for that situation. I believe prayer is the most powerful thing that anybody can do. Delmar talked about the power of prayer, and so does the Bible, a lot from cover to cover. Prayer is the way you begin and maintain a relationship with God. We can tell you how to do that at this website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And in just a minute, Delmar has a little more to say about prayer, specifically praying for police officers. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Now, the gospel of Christ has no meaning unless it is applied to our fellow man who hurts and is in need. Billy Graham. Jesus said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, then brought him to an inn and took care of him. He didn't just love him and leave him. Jesus doesn't just love us. But he died on the cross, and he died for us and for you. God doesn't just convert us and change us tonight, but he goes with us. He keeps us. Christianity is good news that you can be forgiven and that you can make a commitment to someone who will love you and go with you from here tonight to help you change your way of life. Billy Graham's son, Franklin, is going to be sharing that same message for the next couple of weeks during the Decision America Pacific Northwest Tour. He's sharing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ in seven cities in Oregon and Washington State. So could we ask you to be praying for these one-day outreaches? You can learn more about them at this website, decisionpacificnw.com. The NW is for Northwest. So again, that's decisionpacificnw.com. And if we can add to your prayer list, may we? 
In addition to praying for Franklin Graham's outreach in the Pacific Northwest, our guest on this episode of GPS would also appreciate your prayers. Delmar Williams said, prayer is the most powerful thing that anybody can do. So we asked him how we can be praying for him and other police officers. When you pray for a police officer, you have to first understand that police officers are human beings. So we have families, we have loved ones, we have friends, we have fears, we have concerns. So I would say pray for me the way that you would pray for your father, you would pray for your mother, you would pray for your brother, because we all are fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters. We're grateful for the time that Delmar Williams spent with us and for his police service. We're also grateful for you and your time and your prayers. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Two more quick thank yous go out to the artists who shared some of their music on this episode. That would be the Newsboys and Propaganda. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. That's how you